Steven, I can't believe we're back in the studio. Most people don't realize this, by the way. Even though we do three a week, it's not like we do, we meet every day and do a podcast. We kind of batch these. We'll do six or seven today. Or 12. Or 12. No, what's our world record? I think 12. Nathan, what's our world record? 12. He just nodded his I head. remember that number because it became a, a, a standard to attempt. And we attempted to do that many again a couple we other times. We burned down like at nine. Or even at four, and we thought, how how did that happen? And how I went it, back to that how day. How did it happen? I think it was just a, a bunch of good luck. I think the weather was right, so it wasn't too hot, because some of the studios we record in get really hot, so that, that'll kill it. But also, I think it's like, for me, I don't know about for you, it's how well you slept. Like, you know, physically and mentally, you need to feel, you know. Well, it's like, it's like what I always say to you. and you What do you always say to me? Podcasting is an athletic sport. <laughs> So I think there should be an Olympics slightly of less athletic than backgammon. <laughs> there, there should be an Olympics of podcasting. Interesting, you mentioned the Olympics. I have a question to ask you. Oh my god! Today. Please don't ask. Should golf be in the Olympics? <laughs> We've already settled that. Right, I'm going <laughs> to save my Olympic question for another question later. But yeah, you're right. Today we're seeing each other for the first time in probably three or four. I've been gone. I was gone for three weeks. You went to France with your son. Do you miss me? I, I did actually. I missed you too. We haven't played backgammon. We I know. haven't podcasted. A lot of changes in my life have happened. Like, You've grown three, a couple inches since three, I saw you. I feel like every three weeks my life changes completely. <laughs> but I want to ask you this: like you've spent so, this great one-on-one time with your son, something that parents rarely get to do with a child. Do you feel like that enhanced your relationship with your child? I do. So I think we may have touched on this before when we were talking about vacations and like how to take a family vacation where. Everyone doesn't eventually want to kill each other. Or or the flip side is, I, I think the only real purpose of parents on a family vacation is to prevent your children from dying. <laughs> so otherwise, I don't see any joy or benefit of a parent at all on a family vacation. Like, I hate family vacations. Well, okay. So I, I, I like, as in most things in life, I differ with you, you on that. You disagree with me. Uh, yeah, no, I like family vacations, but... What do you agree with me on? Jesus um, Christ. I agree with you on Jesus Christ, yes. A great rabbi. Uh, one of the fundamental teachers of our age. So one thing that we have done in our family, which happened kind of by accident at first, was we decided to take a lot of solo, not a lot, but tried maybe one a year to take solo parent-kid vacations. So like my wife has taken trips. Sometimes they're very short and easy with one kid and with, with both kids, but individually. And I've taken trips with both kids individually. And it started because my, my son Solomon is now 15 He's a huge soccer fan, as we I've probably um, bored you to death talking about that before. Um, but when he was littler, he was a big American football fan. And we used to go to see the Pittsburgh Steelers play in Pittsburgh once a year. And it's just like that dynamic of like one parent, one kid on a journey became a thing that we started to do a lot. So um, It's so great. Like I think I only went on vacations with my dad twice in our lives. Where'd you go? One time when I was 12, we went to Washington, D.C. to visit the President of the United States. Long story. And let, Hang on. <laughs> slow down, Hot Rod. Another what do you time, mean, long story? Went to visit the President. Long story. Well, I was obsessed with making phone calls to every congressman and every senator. I would run. And back then, people had, like, actual serious phone bills. So I would run up hundreds and hundreds of dollars in phone bills. But I was, like, obsessed. I wanted to interview, like, every senator and every congressman. And I would obsessively 
call the White House. I could even just off of memory, it's like 202-456-1414. I don't even know if that's the right number, but I could remember dialing some number like that hang on a to second. the White House hang on, hang over on. and over again. And this is this is 36 years, no, um, yeah, 36 years ago. Hold that thought, James. Okay, what's the number? 202-456-1414. Can you hear, can they hear it? Hang on a second. Ask for Obama. James is calling. Say we're Here, the question of the day podcast. Let me get it on now. For quality and training purposes, this call may be monitored, hmm. but will not be recorded. The White House. Yeah, I have James Altucher calling for President Obama. Is that the right number? Thank you for calling the White House comments line. We, oh, comments line. about White House tour information, press 1. If you're calling about this is BS. They would at least talk to me back then when I was 12 years old. Do you want to speak with the next available operator? Please remain on the line. All right. Do you want to remain? Yeah. That's it? Yeah, that's it. You're giving up that easy? Well, okay. Ask for Obama. Say we're question of the day and we have a question for Obama. Sure. What's your question for Obama today? What's Although I think it's comments. What's he going to do after he's president? Is he going to... I think there's going to be a lot of golf in the future. How much money do you think he'll make between... Hang on, come on. They might come on soon. What do you actually want to say, yeah, James? I, w- I want to speak to Obama because I have a que- we're questioning the day and I- we have a question for him. Okay, that's your comment. Our comment is, I want to speak to Obama. Yeah. Not even President Obama? President Obama. Let's treat the man with respect. He's the President of the United States. Does it sound like Kenny G to you? All comment line volunteer operators are currently assisting other callers. Well, a lot of people call the White House. Especially I can't, by the way, 36 years since I've dialed that number, I remember the exact phone number. Who said my memory is getting bad? You. Who said I have Alzheimer's? You. Nobody oh, yeah. else did. <laughs> I think you have an amazing memory. <laughs> this seems like a good time to take a quick break. We'll be right back to our conversation after this. Magoosh! It's the only reason why I haven't lost my sanity. That's what one student said while studying for her SATs. Are you thinking of applying to college or grad school but absolutely hate standardized tests? I mean, I hate standardized tests. I hate all tests. I kind of hate all school. But if you're going to go to college, you might as well get whatever advantage you can and consider joining the 1.5 million students who have chosen Magoosh to press for their tests online whenever and wherever they want. Magoosh provides online test prep for a wide array of tests, including the SAT, the ACT, GRE, GMAT, LSAT, TOEFL, and Praxis. Magoosh offers a better solution than the traditional prep model, affordable and effective test prep that is 100% online. You can log in anytime, anywhere, on your computer, tablet, or phone to study when you want, where you want. If you get stuck on a problem or concept, Magoosh offers friendly email help from their team of expert tutors. Magoosh's complete test prep starts at under $100 and will be even lower after you hear our special discount. To top it all, Magoosh guarantees you'll improve your score or they'll give you your money back. Join the 1.5 million students who have chosen Magoosh. Go to magoosh.com, that's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com right now and get 20% off with code QUESTION at checkout. Thanks, Magoosh, for your support. Prep smart, go far, enjoy the ride. This might have to be an uh, extra you know long you know episode was, to fit in all this Kenny G music. You know who music. was president the last time I called the White House? Uh, McKinley? 
James Earl Carter Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, while we're while we're on hold, why don't you tell me about going to DC with your uh, with your dad? Well, they they didn't put me in touch with Jimmy Carter on the phone because they said he had the coal miners strike, remember that? And the Iran hostage crisis. So he was busy. Okay, that's legit. Too busy for a 12-year-old. But they did connect me with the chief usher, who again, memory serves, was named Rex Scouten. He had worked for every administration since Truman. I think he worked up until the Clinton years. And so I spoke to Rex Scouten. I interviewed him as a 12-year-old. Did and you record the interview? I didn't, but I wrote down stuff. Hmm. And then he um, offered to give me a tour of the White House. So on my birthday, my dad took me to the White House and we got a tour. Oh, on a second trip, you went back. No, that was the first trip. Oh, yeah. So it was for your birthday, though, the trip. It was for my birthday. We, we actually were visiting the chief usher, but we did see the president. What was he doing? He was just so, walking by with the cabinet. They must have had breakfast And did you or wave or shout out? My dad did. He waved? He yeah, shouted? Yeah, because we were sitting on opposite sides of the office, so my dad actually saw him, and I saw my dad seeing him. So you've been you've been hunting down people and interviewing them for many, for decades now. Yeah, my first podcast was basically when I was 12 years old. So it's interesting that you, because uh, I think of you as someone who, quote, turned to, you know, writing or documentary, documenting, whatever, fairly recently, like 10, 12 years, but really it's been your whole life. No, I mean, HBO, I did a project yeah. called 3 a.m. I interviewed people at 3 in the morning. Um, but you've been doing, you've been hunting down people and bothering them for years. I've been definitely annoying people for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> What's more annoying, you think, you trying to get in the White House and see President Carter or us having to listen to the White House comment line hold music? Well, that's definitely annoying. But I do have to say, it did help me build a skill. Like before that, before I was 12 years old, I was afraid to even call up a movie theater to find out their movie times. What changed? I just was... Sure. I just was obsessed with politics for some reason when I was 12 years old. This is 1980, and I wanted to talk to every single senator and congressman. What kind of questions did you ask them or want to ask them? You know, I was 12, so I would ask them questions like, why did you want to be a senator? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to be president one day? You know, I would ask like really dumb questions. I just really wanted to talk to them. I don't think those are dumb questions. Do do you think that they... uh did you have some goal or dream yourself of uh, getting elected as something? Yeah, I kind of was interested in that, but I was just more interested in compiling all these interviews. Mm. And I put together uh, maybe about 20 of my interviews, and this one newspaper, the South Brunswick Central Post in New Jersey, published all my interviews and paid me an entire $75 for Holy it. Cow. That was my first uh, pay as a writer when I was 12 years old. Do you remember what you did with that money? Anything special? No, I don't remember. But did, I do remember ever since then wanting to be a writer and interviewing people and hmm. meeting people more interesting than me, which is pretty easy to do, and learning from them. Because you can learn from everybody you meet. And I was just very persistent. You, like, like Bill Bradley's an example. I persistently called his office every single day for months. And, and he then, was your senator too, New yeah. Jersey. And then finally, on a day when I was pretending to be sick so I could stay home from school, he called back. And I interviewed Bill oh, Bradley. Oh, hang on, hang on. Hello? Yes, White House comment line. Oh, yes. Uh, we have a comment for the president from James Altucher, who's, question uh, of the day. who's with uh, the Question of the Day podcast, and I'm his friend and, and co-host on Question of the Day podcast, Stephen Dubner. And we just wanted to say cool, that, can we get to go through to that we'd, Obama? we'd like <laughs> to speak with the president now, if that's possible. Well, this is a comment line, so what we do is we take the comments and then we pass it along. All right. 
I understand, and I appreciate that you're just doing your job. So I guess if you could take the comment that James Altucher, that's A-L-T-U-C-H-E-R. We don't take that person. Oh, I see. So just a comment like, we think the president is doing a good job kind of comment? Yes. Okay. Um, um, well, we think the president should go on the Question of the Day podcast. Okay, here, here's our comment. We think that President Obama would really enjoy appearing on the Question of the Day podcast, and we'd love to hear him on it. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> she sounded skeptical. You, you don't sound that enthusiastic about our comment, but that's okay. I appreciate your taking the time to talk to us today. Okay, thanks. Bye. Do you think they do you think they outsourced that comment answers to the Philippines? <laughs> she um she she didn't She said okay bye super quick. That's the fastest goodbye what, what ever. What do we what do we do wrong? I felt like I felt we like we just speed dated and got like shot down in 14 seconds. I think you probably should comment something like we really like healthcare or really hate healthcare. But I'm guessing that most people who leave a comment on that are are, are really Ill. well, I wasn't going to say that are really upset about something. So I thought that we might provide a nice change of pace. We're just here with a comment like hello, you know, we'd think it'd be nice for the president to do this or that. Yeah. Well, I, clearly, they have more barricades now to the president than they did when I was twelve well, years old. So, as inspiring as your twelve-year-old story was, that was a little a little dispiriting, I have to say. Because so, if I were president, I would at the very least make sure that my comment takers met the spirit of the commenters with the same. Yeah, like know. she could have said, for instance, if you really want to speak with President Obama. Why don't you get in touch with his communications office, like his press secretary's hey, office? There you go. And then they could have hooked us up to another comment line for the press secretary's office. Right. Just you know, I back then I always got a sense that I was always moving a little closer. Like you make a call and someone would say, You should talk to so and so. And that's how I got to the chief usher. Do you of the think White that's because you were instance. a kid though and you had that advantage? Maybe. I mean, some people I think took it kind of fun, like, fun, serious that I was a kid. Other people were like, just didn't want to have anything to do with it. Because also, I lied. <laughs> I said I was working for the local newspaper, and I named some newspaper. And that kind of moved me closer. I was a 12-year-old kid working for a newspaper. So I kind of, like, tried to use every advantage I could think of. Mm. Now, when your article came out in the new, in the local newspaper, which you didn't know it would come out ahead of time, I guess, right? Right. Uh, did you send it to any of the people that you'd interviewed? No, I didn't, mm-hmm. and you know, gradually I became interested in other things and moved on, like like kids do. Do you still have a copy of that paper? Do you think? No, I think you because, should bring it in sometime. You know, recently I threw out, uh, as we've talked that about, that was among the things you threw out. Yeah, I threw out everything. I decided I was not going to be sentimental. That was about several anything. months ago. Yeah, do you I, regret it now or no? No, I had it framed. It was right next to my computer, mm-hmm. right next to my office. And I had it framed and everything, but I decided I am not going to be sentimental about anything. So let me ask you this. Why do you not regret it? Because I think most people hearing you tell the story and hear, I, for, I'll just stand in for everybody now. When I hear you tell the story, it's a lovely story. It represents a lot of things. I love that it was a keepsake and that you could look at it or show it to other people and it would, you know, draw this connection, draw this whole scene but you don't have any regrets about giving it up. Well, Why? what would be the point of regretting it? I'm not saying there is a point, but what would be the point of hating someone? What's the point of loving someone? Sometimes emotions, you know, are, are well beyond the realm of a, a decision to... Well, uh, loving someone could help make my life better, for instance. So loving someone who it helps 
whose success I want to drive and who wants to drive my success and wants me to be happier, that could have a benefit in my life. Right, what about hate? Hate, I don't see the point of hating anybody. Right, but what I'm saying is you don't always choose, you don't choose your emotions, you experience emotions. No, I think you could choose them. You do. Yeah, I think like anything, you know, for instance, you don't strike me as an angry person, right? Some people are more angry than others. Not as angry as the comment taker at the White House, that's for sure. (laughs) I think largely anger could be... I think she just needed a hug. Yeah, it could be. Um, but I think anger is either not necessarily always a choice. Sometimes you can't help getting angry, or but but I think it's a practice. Sometimes the situations make you angry. A situation can make you feel, could trigger some angry emotion, and then it's your choice. You could practice whether or not to actually act on that anger. So I made a choice. I'm not going to be sentimental about these things I'm throwing out because it's far better for me to live the sort of life I want to lead than be sentimental over any one object and I love my life right now without these objects. If I had to pick and choose over thousands of objects, which ones I'm going to keep, that would have been a stress for me even now. So what you're talking about is really, I don't know, this may be the wrong way to say it, but controlling your emotions or modulating your emotions? I think maybe not controlling, because that sounds like mm-hmm, hard work, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I've got to keep back this tidal is wave of emotions. choosing your emotions? It's more like... Um, choosing not to be relaxed most of the time. Like if I feel the first sensation like, oh, that annoys me, I'm just going to decide not to be annoyed. And it's not a very, it's selfish completely. Like uh, I don't want to um, interact or deal with things that are going to lead several steps of the way down to stress. You know, I'm uh, 48 years old, right? So you you and I both know uh, stress leads that to a lot gonna of- That we're going to die soon. Uh, yeah, and, and also leads to a lot of bad health decisions. Who do you think dies first, you or me? Um, How's that for a question of the day, James? I I think I have that actually ready for another question (laughs) of the day. So we've called the White House on this one. How about we leave it at that and we'll continue our update tomorrow. All right. Sounds good, James. Do you know most everything? Stick around to see if you know the answer to next episode's question. Thanks to Magoosh for sponsoring today's episode. Magusha's online test prep is the easiest way to prep for the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, SAT, ACT, TOEFL, or Praxis. Magoosh offers top quality lesson videos and practice questions at an affordable price. Go to magoosh.com, that's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com right now to get 20% off with code QUESTION at checkout. Here's what we have lined up for the next episode of Question of the Day. How can I bring with me, not just after traveling, but like every day, every moment, how can I bring with me that spirit of the traveler or the tourist? How can I teach myself or find ways to constantly have my mind cognitively and emotionally be willing to engage with things anew, to see things anew and so on? Mm -hmm.